Remember that when you're in survival mode, all that matters is that basic needs are met. Whatever it takes to meet these basic needs is what you need to do. If that means Netflix or the iPad are on 12 hours a day and you haven't cooked for a week and you're positive you've been wearing the same underwear for a couple of days now, accept that what you are doing is what you need to do to get through. Welcome to the Raise Your Hand Motherhood Podcast, a place where you just might find or hear a tiny piece of your motherhood reality. I'm your host, Raylan Minka, an educator, writer, and emotionally frazzled toddler mom. If you've ever felt lonely in your motherhood journey or asked yourself, am I the only one experiencing this? Then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each episode focuses on a different but common motherhood struggle, where we discuss the ups, the downs, and the WTFs with moms from all around the world. So whether you're stroller pushing and podcasting yourself around the neighborhood, waiting at the doctor's office for your next fertility treatment, or listening with a well-deserved glass of wine at the end of another full day of motherhood, welcome. I hope you can relate to some of what you hear in today's episode, and get ready to raise your hand if you do. Hey mamas and welcome to the pod. I'm your host Raylan Minka and today we're talking about something that seems to be on everybody's lips and in everybody's homes. That's right, we're discussing this new season of flu season and the anxiety, the exhaustion and the mom guilt that can surface because of it. Regardless of where you live or where you're listening in from right now, if you and your family haven't been living in complete isolation for the last little while, you've probably noticed that the bugs, the respiratory illnesses, and the amount of general sickness bouncing around right now is pretty crazy, and in some places, actually unprecedented. An article recently released in the Washington Post stated that this excuse my language, clusterfuck of RSV, COVID, and other pretty common cold and flu viruses are colliding with staff shortages at places like schools and daycares and causing record high numbers of parents to miss work in order to stay home with their sick children. We're talking higher than during COVID peak. I don't know about you, but it feels like every other friend I speak with or post I see on social media is talking about how sick our kids are feeling. And I'm willing to bet, like me, you're not feeling too hot either, seeing as we parents are the ones getting coughed on at extremely close range and smothered in exceptionally germy snot and kisses at all times, at least from our little ones. Now, I do follow mostly motherhood accounts on social media, as you can imagine, but still, it seems to be a real theme. As I'm recording this, my toddler is currently home after being off for more than a week and a half straight from daycare with a respiratory virus that's apparently flying around our city here in Germany, and it was serious enough for our doctor to prescribe something that looks like a cross between a CPAP machine and a humidifier with a mouth mask, which our little guy has had to use every three or four hours to help open up his lungs. It looks like a giant polar bear and he gets to watch YouTube the whole time he uses it, so to be honest, he's not too fussed about it yet, but as a parent, wow, it's scary to think about not having access to the medication or the treatments that we need to help our kiddos out. And then as I'm saying that out loud, I'm reminded of the fact that right now, at least in Canada, my home country, there are shortages of children's cold and flu medication all over the country. We're going to hear a little bit more about that later. I spoke with my son's doctor last week here in Germany, and she told me the people in her clinic have been working around the clock. Their waiting room is like a revolving door of child virus. And this walk-in clinic we visited a few days ago told me there are thousands of kids in our city with viruses right now. 
I've spoken with moms from North America to Europe to Southeast Asia, and the message I'm hearing everywhere is the same. Sick, sick, sick. I know we're all coming off of a particularly stressful couple of years. After living through a global pandemic and all the germophobia, the social distancing, and the chaotic and upended work and school schedules, our nervous systems have barely had time to reset to anything resembling normalcy. We've been in constant fight or flight mode for so long, and now our families are getting hit with every bug that's been lurking in the background since COVID-19 dropped in on all of us in 2020. In today's episode, you'll hear stories from moms in the sick kid trenches, navigating everything from the merry-go-round of viruses passing from one family member to the next, to ticked-off employers after missing the umpteenth day of work for emergency childcare, to scouring entire cities full of pharmacies for out-of-stock infant medication. You'll also hear from Mel Mutterspau, an herbalist who's been studying nature, environmental sciences, and plant medicine for well over 20 years. Mel's going to share the must-haves for every mama's kitchen cabinets to help keep our immune system strong and prevent sickness, as well as to treat our family symptoms when we pick up that nasty cold, flu, or virus. And finally, I'll speak with returning guest Heather Radich. She's the clinical director of Bloom Psychotherapy, an Ontario-based team of maternal mental health experts offering secure online and telephone sessions to people all across Canada. We'll talk about what we can do to combat the anxiety that comes with this season of sickness, with a focus on how to ditch the mom guilt you might feel about doing what is necessary to get yourself and your family through each wave of illness that crosses that front doorstep into your life. Okay, don't go anywhere, mamas. I'll be right back with lots more. As like so many families, this fall has been extreme for illness in my family as well as many. I'm a grade 7, 8 teacher and I have two kids of my own who are 11 and 13 and a husband who is away a lot during the month of November hunting And the hardest part about being a parent is when you are also a sick parent. During the month of November, between the three of us, we have been off school most of the month and some of October. Having older kids is great because they can stay alone by themselves a little bit more. But the mom guilt is huge when you leave your 13-year-old at home and he still calls you and says, Mom, when are you coming home? How fast can you get here after school? So that was certainly uh, really hard with my son when he was sick. He got sick, had this like respiratory illness, and then all of a sudden was getting better. And that was great. And we sent him back to school and he went hunting with his dad for a day. And then he came home and was sick again. I knew that little spidey sense that moms have that said he really needs to go see a doctor. So I got him into a pediatric clinic and of course he was diagnosed with pneumonia. So it's funny because I remember my own mom always saying, you know, moms really do know when something's wrong. And it's very true. Moms really do know when something is wrong. So I was really glad that I got him in. He got seen. He has antibiotics and he seems to be on the mend. When my daughter was sick, luckily or thankfully, I was also sick. She's a little bit younger. She's 11. And she really can stay by herself, but obviously didn't want to stay by herself. She wanted somebody home with her. That being said, I was also sick and didn't want to be looking after somebody else. I just wanted to be sleeping. So despite the fact that 
my kids are a little bit older, it still is super hard to have sick kids when you are sick. I had a relapse, so I thought I was getting better, and then I was right back knocked totally out. I finally went to the doctor and ended up having a sinus infection along with this respiratory illness that's going along. So thankfully, again, I'm on antibiotics now, and hopefully it is clearing up. The other thing is not being able to go to school. I'm a teacher. I teach grade 7 and 8. There is a huge shortage of supply teachers in Ontario. So every day when I would decide, can I go to school? Can I not go to school? I didn't know if there was going to be a teacher in my classroom. So not only that, then having to try to make plans for students that I hadn't seen in three days, super challenging, super hard, knowing that they are there and I want to be there with them and I can't be with them. So that was certainly another hard part of this illness this winter. So hopefully I've gone to a naturopath and I've stocked up on every immune boosting supplement that is out there. Knock on wood that we uh, can have a little bit of health as we move forward and yeah. I'm so tired. I have been in and out of clinics today, all day. Um, yeah, my baby is sick. He's 14 months old. He's sick right now with a fever that's just not relenting. Luckily, he's responding to Tylenol and Advil. However, we have a very alarming and dwindling supply of Tylenol right now. And so normally what we would be able to treat at home, a lot of mamas can't and parents just in general can't. So our uh, emergency pediatric units are completely overrun right now. Not to mention there's an uptick in the RSV and the COVID-19 and now the flu. And so not just, you know, patients, but doctors are getting sick. So today I spent 8.30 until 11 waiting in line. I was 11th in line. Um, so 11 people were before me which is just wild at this uh, walk-in clinic by my house that's in a grocery store. And when they were not opening their doors at 11, which they normally do on the weekends, I went straight to the pharmacist that's right beside and I said, do you know anything that's going on? And they said, yeah, they updated their hours to saying not opening today. So all the 45 of us, including a two-week-old baby, we were just reject it. We have to now find alternative means to get care. And a lot of us are trying to avoid the emergency, which the emergency departments are saying, don't do that. If you have an emergency, come to us. But all of us are like, yeah, no, thank you. We don't want to wait in line for 24 plus hours to be seen. So yeah, it is overwhelming. You know, everybody said, oh, like, it's it's tough when your kid first starts daycare, but this is really, really unusual, I've been told. I've been sick since September 22nd. It's November 19th. Uh, between my husband, my child, and I, we've had a common cold, which started us all off, and then there was RSV, and then right after getting over that, we all got strep. I can't even begin to tell you, and I'm sure you know as a mom yourself, how difficult it is to care for your child when you are sick. It is just so, so hard because you can't get a good night's sleep. You can't just sit down in your bed and rest. You constantly are at the beck and call of a very uncomfortable and ill child. I don't know how people do this. I don't know how people have more than one child. Um... I guess the answer is help and their village or, you know, family that lives by. I don't know. We don't have any of that. 
I've missed a lot of work. It's hard because I'm in a new position and I just feel like I'm getting on their nerves, even though they're all super understanding. It's just like, oh, guys, I have to leave midday to go pick up my son again. He has averaged a phone call from daycare once per week to tell us to come get him because he has a fever. So it is, it's just like, what? Like, when is this going to let up? The one thing I did not mention that I will is how much of a kind of scourer I've become of all of the different pharmacies in my area and also in the neighboring town I work in. So I'm pretty damn familiar with all kinds of pharmacies, whether they're mom, pa, or commercial, or inside a grocery store, or, you know, what have you. I have made a habit and I've asked my husband and rental friends to make the habit of checking the pharmacy shelves. And so over the last few months, I've managed to collect a bit of a stash. And so what I'm trying to do, obviously, is avoid hoarding. A lot of pharmacies don't even give you the opportunity to hoard because that's how low the the, um, supply is right now. So yeah, it's it's hard to sort of learn which ones stock, which ones don't stock, which ones are just all out. And it just adds to so much of the parental burden that already exists. I I have a very meager supply and it's taken months to build. Um, That's three bottles of infant Tylenol, which is like three inches tall, (laughs) and four bottles of the same, but in Advil. And I just recently had a friend who was absolutely desperate and had no Tylenol. And I said, you can have one of mine. So now I'm down to two. It's just really stressful to know what you're up against, which is an overcrowded emergency and a shortage, not just in terms of the fever reducers, but in terms of the antibiotics. And now it's we're having discussions like, should we put our kid back in daycare? How much more time can I take off work? What are my sick days looking like um, versus my husband who works from home, but he still has to leave and go to job sites and he still has to do a lot of sort of very focused work at home. It's not an ease just because a partner works from home. It it doesn't mean that they are in any way more um, available to care for a child. Probably the most infuriating part is this idea of compounding, which is a new term we've all become so familiar with here in the East Coast. And whether you're a compounding pharmacist or you are asked to compound yourself, what that means is to mix. And so a lot of pharmacies do not compound or some do. And between my friends and I, we've been sharing which pharmacies compound and which do not. And so if you are in an absolute pinch, you can go to a pharmacist and you can ask them to compound Tylenol, whether that's um, Tylenol for children or adults, and they can safely mix it for you to administer to your infant, for example. What is also being released is for parents to know, and that is how to administer or compound adult Tylenol to infants or children, and you administer it in applesauce and or yogurt. And what really irked me 
just from the get-go was how this was some silver lining, that this was some positive that was seen as a plus in our desperate situation. And to me, all I could think about is fantastic. Now I am pseudo chemist. <laughs> like add that to the list of roles and responsibilities I already have. You know, I'm most likely overtired. I'm most likely ill. And now I'm someone that has to hopefully mix correctly drugs for my child so that I don't overrun their kidneys or liver or stomach or whatever. It's just, it's horrific. It's terrible. I just like, I just really appreciate and feel for and really respect doctors and nurses. I, I feel like they're doing as much as they can with such a shitty situation and they truly are heroes. It's the system, um, you know, that governs that just is really messing things up. And uh, it just is eventually going to turn people away. People who really care, you know, away from healthcare. There you have it from a very, very fucking tired really strong out parent. It's <laughs> the way to put it. My biggest struggle right now during this season of sickness is <sighs> resilience. It's just wearing it down, working full time, two kids, um, my youngest in kindergarten. She's just bringing home everything constantly. It's been I think eight weeks now of just her being sick every week. We caught the last one. It was influenza A. The whole house went down. No sleep. The baby's sick up all night. And it's just mentally exhausting when you're just doing everything to keep your family healthy. And they all just end up constantly sick. And there's zero time to even think about self-care or being a person outside of a mother. And after weeks of it, mentally you're just done it's honestly there's many hardships in motherhood but i think sickness definitely definitely rounds out the top 10 list somewhere if there was a list but again as mothers we just find that inner strength and carry on Hey, mamas. This is somewhat of a rhetorical question, but does anybody else feel like it takes about three hours to get their kids ready to go out the door or their child ready to go out the door? Oh, man. Winter season is the worst <laughs> for getting snowsuits and things on kids. I swear to God, I've only been doing the daycare run for about two months now, but getting out the door on time or leaving myself even enough enough time in the morning to be able to just kind of get ready at a leisurely pace. I don't know, maybe that's just an impossibility, but it's hard. And I feel like I spend literally 45 minutes getting a snowsuit on my child so that I can bike him five minutes up the road to daycare and then spend 10 minutes taking it all off. I know that I'm not alone in this, I just wanted to rant a little bit. Maybe one of you mamas out there has like a, I don't know, like a cheat sheet for moms on the best types of snowsuits to like are onesies better than two pieces? Should we get the mitts with the little string so that they actually stay on the hands? Like 
hats that fit under bike helmets, hats that stay on heads. I know those are different challenges for like six month old babies and one year olds and four year olds. And well, then after that, they should be able to keep their, no, I don't know. At what age are kids actually able to get themselves ready to go out in the winter and like be warm enough that you're not looked at as an irresponsible parent? Anyways, if anybody has any resources, feels like sharing anything, please, by all means, I'd appreciate it. After listening to my next guest, you'll probably be like me and want to run out to the grocery store to stock up on everything she mentions. Mel is on a mission to inspire a movement where there's an herbalist in every home. Again, she's incredibly knowledgeable and passionate about all the ways we can use plants as medicine in conjunction with the -the over-the-counter medication we're already using with our families. She's got some great tips and some freebies, which I'll make sure to link in the show notes. Here's Mel. Hey there, mamas. My name's Mel. I am so grateful to be on this show and chatting with you about some really practical herbs and things that you can use around your home to battle this crazy cold and flu season that we're going through right now. So I'm a clinical herbalist. I've been studying and using plants as medicine for over 20 years, run my own product line. I host the Herbalist Path podcast, and I also am the founder of Apothecary Mama, an online herbal mentorship just for moms, and Medicine Making Mama, a whole herbal medicine making program for mamas and grands, of course, because they're the grandest mamas of them all. So I wanted to take some time to share the most simple yet incredibly effective remedies that you probably already have on hand in your home right now. And I'll also share some big guns that if you don't have already, I highly suggest that you get into your at-home medicine chest. So the wild thing to think about is that most of your culinary herbs are incredible medicinal herbs. We've just been trained to forget that they have so much powerful medicine, so the other big powers that be could really profit off of all of us. I will say quickly, I'm not anti-pharmaceutical. There's definitely a time and a place for these drugs. They can save lives, so that's important to know. But there's so much that we can do on our own in our home. So one of my absolute favorite go-to herbs that I recommend for darn near everybody is garlic. Now, garlic is best when used raw. And we'll get to how you can do that with the kiddos without making them want to vomit all over you or just get a really, really bad tummy ache, which is possible. But the reason I love garlic is because it is a very strong antiviral herb. So it's going to fight off viral infections before they even have the chance to get to you. It's also what's called an immunomodulating herb. So it's going to strengthen and tone the immune system all year round. And I want you to think of that like getting a nourishing diet and daily exercise for your whole body. But garlic does that or an immunomodulator does that for your immune system. So you don't always want to stimulate your immune system with an immune stimulant or booster, which we'll talk about in a moment. But yeah, garlic can fight off viruses. It's also one of the best anti 
bacterial herbs that I know out there. In fact, studies have shown that it is effective against eight out of nine antibiotic-resistant bacteria. That's incredible. These plants are so smart that they outwit the germs that are outwitting most of our man-made drugs. If you are dealing with bacterial infections, then garlic can be a really powerful ally. It's rich in a constituent called allicin, which is specific for the respiratory tract. It opens up the bronchioles. It will help relieve congestion. And now let's get onto that quick tip of what you can do to get your kiddos to like it. My favorite way to eat raw garlic is to ferment it in raw local honey. It's a quick and easy process. I have a download available for you if you want it at theherbalistpath.com. But once you get that fermented garlic going, and you really got to make sure you break up the garlic a little bit, at least smash it because it releases that allicin, the really potent constituent in there that you need, and then put it in some honey. Super duper easy. It can be a really fun science project for your kiddos too. And it's delicious. So there's a lot of other amazing herbs in your kitchen cabinet that also have strong antibacterial and antiviral and antifungal. So as a big umbrella, they are antimicrobial herbs. One that I love a lot is thyme. T-H-Y-M-E, thymus vulgaris, super duper easy to grow, an incredibly potent medicine there. You can make a nourishing broth with it. One simple, simple thing that you could do also, if somebody's really stuffy and congested, so like, you know, the nose starts sounding funny and they're just like trying to cough and it's all phlegmy and yucky. Well, when that happens, you really need to break up that congestion. And a simple way to do that is to do an herbal steam. Take your most aromatic, fragrant culinary herbs out of your kitchen. Specific ones to use, thyme, sage, rosemary, all fantastic. You're just going to put them in a glass or a metal bowl and pour some hot water over them and then drape a towel over your head and have your kiddo breathe in the vapors. Make it a fun experiment. Make them have a good time with it. Almost like they're going camping in the house or, you know, just make a tent, do something creative so that they're not feeling quite as miserable. You could also use sage as a fantastic gargle for a sore throat a little sage tea with some salt in there. Gargle it will provide a lot of relief for a dry respiratory tract. Don't forget the medicinal properties of a local raw honey too. It's very, very soothing for the sore throat. It's also got antimicrobial properties to it, plus a ton of medicinal and nutritional value to it as well. Peppermint could be a great friend to have on hand. It, it's usually really easy to get your kiddos to take because it's delicious. A peppermint tea, put the peppermint in the steam, anything along those lines. And when I really know, like right now, when everybody's down with the sick, I bring out the big guns. Number one, echinacea. We make an echinacea glycerite that my daughter absolutely loves and her friends beg me for as well. And echinacea is also an antimicrobial. It fights off viral and bacterial infections. It's a lymphatic herb. So if there's stuck swollen lymphatic tissue, it will help drain all of that out. It's really great right before you're sick or when you know everybody around you is getting sick and at the end of your illness to clear all the funk out. There's also 
no known contraindications during pregnancy and lactation. Of course, always work with your healthcare provider on that. The other one that is an absolute must-have is elderberries. We make elderberry syrup on the regular, right when we know our friends are sick. And elderberries have been scientifically proven to fight off over 10 different flu viruses, and they shorten the duration of illness from six to eight days down to just two to three. I could talk about these herbs forever. In fact, that's exactly what I do for my life. I am really passionate about helping there be an herbalist in every home again. And that starts with mamas like you. So if you want to stay in touch, please do. You can find me on all the social media, heavy on TikTok, always at the Herbalist's Path. That's herbalist with an S at the end, path, and theherbalistpath.com. Thanks so much, and I hope these tips help you. As a matter of fact, I know they will. You got this, Mama. Huge thank you to Mel for sharing all of these tips with us today. And as she mentioned, you can check out her website for more at www.theherbalistspath.com. Heather Radich is a licensed counselor and psychotherapist who has joined the podcast before to speak about motherhood anxiety. I'm so happy to have her back again today in this Thoughts from a Therapist segment to share her tips for managing our anxiety and our mom guilt during this upcoming season of sickness. I'm Heather Radich, registered social worker and the clinical director of Bloom Psychotherapy, a perinatal and maternal mental health clinic. I'm not sure how things are going in your home, but the parents we are speaking to are trying to cope with the added load of caring for sick kiddos while trying to manage all of the usual parenting and life things. This season of illness has been a wild ride, and if you feel like you're not coping well with it, know you aren't alone. Many moms are noting that their feelings of anxiety have gone through the roof. They're worried about their children's health, worried about their children's education, worried about their jobs, worried about how they will be viewed at work if they have to take another day off, worried that they won't be able to keep up, worried that they don't know when the next sniffle will mean completely rescheduling their week again. It's all too much. The concerns over whether we are doing enough, too little, or the wrong thing start from the minute we find out we're pregnant all the way through until their adult years. It's completely normal to worry about our children's health. Acknowledging that these anxieties are there and are valid is half the battle. You are not alone with these thoughts. Every single loving parent that I've met shares similar concerns. But what can we do then to combat the anxiety that comes with this wild season of illness? One, trust your gut. If your instincts are telling you that something is wrong with your child's health, act on it. Don't spend days or weeks dwelling on it or letting it keep you up at night or even consuming all of your thoughts. Ultimately, you know your child best and what their normal is. If your gut is telling you that something's wrong, there's no harm in pushing for it to be taken seriously. Two, remind yourself that if there isn't anything that you can do to change the situation, worrying about it now is not helpful. Focus on what you can control in this moment, and for now, let go of the rest. Not sure when you'll be able to send them back to daycare and get back to work full-time? Acknowledge how hard it is to sit in that unknown. Feel your feelings, and then remind yourself that eventually things will change. Three, embrace being good enough. This is not the time to strive for perfection in any aspect of your life. What we are needing and being asked to do as moms is just not attainable, achievable, or even fair. If there's a little voice in the back of your head telling you that you aren't enough, or that at the very least you aren't doing enough, 
it's really important to try your best to ignore this. The most important thing to remember is that you're not alone in feeling this way and you most certainly don't have to accept the feelings of mom guilt. There are lots of ways that you can ditch the mom guilt that you might be feeling about just doing what's necessary to actually get yourself and your family through each wave of illness that keeps hitting. First, unfollow super moms. These are the moms on social media who are constantly posting about how well things are going in their homes, how well they're doing as moms, and just how wonderful life as a parent is. Uh, Reframe your thoughts about what it means to be a good mom and just start there. Then practice self-compassion. Mom guilt is already placing enough blame and shame on you. Or you might even have somebody actually guilt tripping you about your parenting, which makes the situation worse. You certainly do not need any more comments or stories coming from your own mind. It's natural to want to spiral into a cycle of guilt, shame, and negative self-talk. When you practice self-compassion, it allows room for you to forgive yourself, settle into what is, and be more present to get through the days and weeks and even months. And then recognize irrational thoughts as they come up. While it can be hard to sit with the discomfort, it's important to lean into the thoughts to examine what is rational and what is irrational. You are allowed to feel how you feel. However, people many times have irrational thoughts that shape their opinions of themselves. Think about what you are saying to yourself and challenge these irrational thoughts. If you're telling yourself that you're going to get fired or that your kiddo will will literally never stop coughing, like ever, challenge these thoughts and find more helpful ones. Any thought that makes you feel better is more helpful. And then let go of expectations. Social media does wonders for reminding us that we're failing or at the very least not coping as well as we might have thought. In addition to letting go of your own expectations of motherhood during illness, you also have to let go of expectations of what support or help looks like. It can be hard to imagine what help or support can look like when we're in a germ-infested home or just trying to keep our heads above water, but be creative. Tell people what you need. Ask for a meal to be dropped off on your front porch. Give someone your pharmacy order. Send a friend a voice message crying about how hard it is right now and how you are positive that you'll absolutely never get through it. And the biggest reminder, remember that when you're in survival mode, all that matters is that basic needs are met. Whatever it takes to meet these basic needs is what you need to do. If that means Netflix or the iPad are on 12 hours a day and you haven't cooked for a week and you're positive you've been wearing the same underwear for a couple of days now, accept that what you are doing is what you need to do to get through. What we do when we are trying to cope does not have to be what we do long term from now on. When everyone is well again, you'll go back to your normal screen limits, some home cooked meals and getting on top of the never ending laundry. Survival mode is time limited and it's not your new normal, no matter what your brain is telling you. While the worries may never end, the illness surely will, and life will return to normal, I promise. Give yourself some grace. Take five minutes to do things that feel nurturing and nourishing to you, and then get back in the trenches. And don't forget that a therapist is always available to help you with decreasing your feelings of mom guilt and is a great way to help you start to live and feel like parenting is as you imagined. If you want some strategies or support, follow us on Instagram at bloom.psychotherapy or visit our website at www.bloompsychotherapy.ca. Take care of yourselves. Just as a reminder for mamas listening today based out of Canada, Heather's Ontario-based online clinic, Bloom Psychotherapy, offers secure virtual and telephone sessions for women and their partners in all phases of life, with a strong focus on the fertility, pregnancy, postpartum, and parenting periods.
Thank you so much to everyone who joined me in today's episode, and to everybody listening, I wish you and your families a happy and healthy season ahead, and hope that the illnesses that pass through your households be mild and brief. Because it's inevitable that we're going to get sick. So remember the tips that were shared in today's episode, and if you'd like some free resources and reminders, check out the link at the top of the show notes. Before signing off today, I'll share the mantra my mom has repeated to me often over the years. This too shall pass. So take it one day at a time, one snotty nose at a time, one virus or one closed daycare or one sick child climbing into your bed at night at a time. This too shall pass, mama. All right, that's all for today's episode. Until next time. Hey mama, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Raise Your Hand Motherhood podcast. I made it for you, so I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button so we can hang out together again soon.